0: David, and this is the Star Companion podcast.
1: This is a podcast where <laughs> Zach and I will be trekking through the Star Trek universe, one episode at a time, um, trekking through the timeline, actually, of Star Trek. Um, yeah,
0: and and because we're going by the timeline, we uh, we're starting with Star Trek Enterprise, which right. is the prequel to uh, TOS. And then TNG, then DS9, then Voyager.
1: Yeah, you know the drill. It's a little Star Warsy, you know. They came out with 4, 5, and 6 first. You know, go back to 1, 2, and 3 and mess up 8, 9, and 10. <laughs> but unlike Star Wars, we will not be messing up. We, well, actually, Star Trek never really messed up any of their prequels or sequels. depends on opinion. who you
0: talk to. But yeah. yeah, in my opinion as well, I think. They've pre- they pretty much fucking always nailed it.
1: Yeah. And this um, and this whole podcast I think kinda grew out of our observation that the Star Trek universe is far superior to the Star Wars
0: universe. One hundred percent. And uh, you know, I I grew up to my, my mom and dad watching Enterprise, so I was always kind of familiar with it. Um then I... You mean uh, next generation, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean next generation. And then uh, flash forward like 15 years and I'm 19 and I'm living on my own and I need something to go to bed to. And so I'm like, you know what? Let's do Star Trek. So I put on TOS and I would go to bed to TOS for a couple of years and then flash forward four or five more years and uh, I was on a... Uh, my vacation leave from work during the holidays, and uh, I had been watching The Jersey Shore, because <laughs> uh, you and I, my other friends, always reference it, and I wanted to be a part of the fucking club.
1: Another and, show we could do an entire podcast series on. <laughs>
0: and honestly, I, I've been thinking about it. Um, I, I do another podcast with our mutual friend, Wade, um, about 90s movies, and we're thinking about moving to Friends, but... <laughs> Um, because of what I'm about to tell you David and I said you know what we should fucking do a Star Trek podcast Uh, so instead of watching Jersey Shore I've always wanted to get into Star Trek I've always wanted to find I've always wanted to just watch it all the way through but I wanted to find the right way to do it and after doing some you know cursory Google searches watching it by star date seemed to be the best way rather than release date and uh I'm I'm I am myself all the way into the third season of DS9 now, and the first season of Voyager by StarDate, and uh, it's been honestly maybe one of the best things ever happened to me.
1: Yeah, Uh, I I remember when you picked Star Trek back up again, and you stumbled upon the timeline on was it on Reddit?
0: No, honestly, I I just googled it. It's uh, all timelines. Mm. Um, I think it's the best. Uh, iteration of it interesting and we'll post that to the to our website as well
1: yeah um, so actually that's right along.
0: yeah you we have a website it's the dot com. you can check us out on instagram the star companion uh you know and uh, this is going to be on all major podcasting platforms spotify deezer Pippa, itunes google play um pod Must, you know mm-hmm. so and uh, we're gonna start a Patreon as well. And on the Patreon, we're going to cover <clears throat> Star Trek concepts that are more philosophical or allegorical, or you know, just things that interest us more, and we want to do a deeper dive that span more shows rather mm-hmm. than just by star date, episode by episode. Yeah. Um, we
1: also, to set ourselves apart, are doing a video uh element to this podcast so you can find us on youtube and you can see our right smiling faces and also our uniforms which will be changing as we do the different iterations and exactly. the different uh the different uh sequels and and shows
0: yeah we figured it would be fun to sort of match the the ver- version the series that we're version
1: watching. yeah series yeah
0: yeah and uh you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, man. This might be some of the best money I've ever spent. Yeah. This, this is a pretty dope fucking jacket, and that is a dope jumpsuit.
1: Yeah, and you know, I've definitely found my Halloween
0: costume for the next 10, 15 years. You know, dude, we could uh, we could just go as Archer and uh, to Paul every year. We could. I'll be to Paul. <laughs> um, but what what are your
1: what's your history with Star Trek? um basically the same i grew up watching the next generation with my dad and i loved mm-hmm. it and um as i grew older and netflix came out i watched i've pretty much watched the entire original series um mm-hmm. prior to netflix the original series was really hard to come by yeah um cuz they basically discontinued it but um yeah I've, I've just always i've always loved star trek and i've always i've always um I've always tried to convince my friends and people that I talk to um, that Star Trek is the superior mythos to Star Wars. Star Wars is cool because there's there's lightsabers and Jedi mm-hmm. and the whole, mm-hmm. you know, the whole Jedi versus the Sith dynamic. But Star Trek is so much more cerebral and it's so much more than interesting effects, you know. And, and Star Wars... And unfortunately, I mean, four, five and six was was pretty cerebral. But afterwards, they've just
0: had to rely a lot on special effects. And um, yeah, they were laying turds and being Disney-fied. Front, that's right. You know, pretty early on. That's right. And, and I, you know, for background's sake, David and I have been friends for at least 15 years now. Yeah, uh, And I can attest to the fact that he has always said the Star Trek mythos is better than the Star Wars mythos.
1: <laughs> and it's been a long grind with with some people not you, you've always had a, had kind mm-hmm. of a predisposition to, towards Star Trek but some of my other friends and family that I've talked to are like, I don't know but some of them have finally come around and been like you know what, Star Trek is, 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 is superior and you it, know, it, rightfully so.
0: It, it rightfully so, it, it so is and as you were alluding to I think the beauty of Star Trek is that Most of the story is done through exposition Mm -hmm. rather than through effects. That's right. You know, there's a real uh, interpersonal relationship that kind of drives the story as they go through different allegorical themes or Mm -hmm. themes of the day. You know, they they tackle AIDS, they tackle xenophobia, they tackle racism. And, uh, you know, all of these, those three things are in Enterprise um And, uh, you know, I, I got to say it's 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 a really, really fun experience. And we're I think we're both very excited to share this this with you and go on this journey together. I agree. Um, and so, so our, yeah, without
1: our voyage <laughs> begins with season one, episode one yeah, of Enterprise, the,
0: the the maiden voyage of the USS Star Companion. That's right.
1: On its mission to seek out new episodes and <laughs> new points of views. <laughs> so the, um, the title of this episode is "Broken Bow," and it's parts one and two. Um, do you have a star date for it? I do. Star date four one six twenty one fifty one. And so we begin. Um, we'll start with a summary of the episode. So mm-hmm. the episode starts with a Klingon ship crashing into a cornfield in oklahoma broken bow oklahoma surprisingly um or maybe not surprisingly uh and we see a a klingon passenger emerge from the wreckage and he gets chased through the cornfield by two at the time unknown agents and these agents follow him into a a corn uh grain silo and the klingon gives them the old the old slip and jumps out of the silo and shoots it with the phaser and blows it up spectacularly, um, <laughs> killing it's killing the quite, unknown agents. Quite spectacularly. <laughs> quite. Um, there's a bit of slow mo at this point. The Klingon, you know, jumps as as the silo explodes. Um, the farmer hears this commotion and obviously distraught that his grain silo is blown up. Um, <laughs> Approaches the Klingon with his uh, space rifle, um, his
0: chromed out space his rifle,
1: <laughs> out. and that's how you know it's the future. It's, it's made out of chrome, and stuns uh, the Klingon, wounding him semi mortally. I would say. Hmm. Um. You want to take it from here?
0: Sure. For and a few after, Yeah. After uh, the Klingon is mortally wounded, I think it. Uh, uh I think maybe we cut to Archer young Archer mm-hmm. with his dad and his dad's been working on the warp drive and uh, real quick young Archer is a turd
1: <laughs> he's the kid that probably had a roller backpack and yep. you beat up as a kid because you know he didn't want to come out and play ball with you he wanted to stay in and build
0: models and yeah um, yeah. Nerd, you know, it, nerd it, alert. There you go. That's strong words coming from two dudes doing <laughs> a Star Trek podcast. But and,
1: and strong words coming from two dudes who idolize um,
0: yeah. Archer. <laughs> dad, if yeah,
1: you will. He's dad.
0: He's totally yeah, dad. He's definitely dad. Um, strong jawline. Mm-hmm. Wry smile. Yep. That good, that good heart. Heartwarming grin. Mm -hmm. stern you know he likes
1: to play fast and loose um kind of plays by his own rules but he's not quite kirk a real
0: space cowboy pre-kirk
1: yeah pre-kirk he's he's kind of a a intermediary between maybe kirk and maybe john luke picard a little bit john luke picard is a bit stern and cold sometimes
0: but archer makes up for that and he's a lot more heartwarming archer lacks all the refinement yeah he does that. that Picard has, yeah. um, and then, at which point the Klingon is uh, being worked on by our soon-to-be Doctor of the Enterprise, uh, and Archer re- finds out that um, I think it's Admiral Forrest says that the the Vulcans are going to take him back to Kronos.
1: No, they're going to kill him.
0: Oh, they're going to kill him. That's right. There's yeah. They say that he's going to be a corpse. And he goes, corpse? What, is he dead? And he goes in there and he goes, is this man dead? And then he goes. Dad gets indignant. God, you know, <laughs> God bless dad. <laughs> uh, and then um, Archer says, we're ready. It's time. We're going to take him back to Kronos. He got shot on a Amer- uh, Federation, or er, no. Human. Er- Earth, human soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because this is pre-Federation. And then he rounds up a crew. He gets Hoshi Trip, he already knows, from Mm -hmm. working. Uh, He's going to be the chief engineer. He asks Fox pretty much then and there if he wants to be the doctor. Mm -hmm. And then they uh, go on. They gather everyone together and they take their maiden voyage. Mm -hmm. At which point Archer goes, what does he say? He says, uh, "I got it Let's down. go. Yeah, he goes, "Let's go." His <laughs> version of the uh, engage to make it so yeah. or do it. Uh, and then, do you want yeah,
1: sure. to? Yeah, sure. So, in in addition to uh, Commander uh, Trip Tucker, the and the engineer, main engineer, there's like you said, also Hoshi Sato. She's the communications officer. And she's in charge of the universal translator. She didn't invent it, um, but she would be, I guess, would be considered like the guru of it, maybe the preeminent sure. developer and and wielder of the universal translator.
0: Yeah, she knows something like twenty languages.
1: Yeah, um, and she, when we first see her, she, I think she's teaching a group of people Klingon at the time. Correct. Anyways, um, so with with the crack. Crew. Oh, and also to Paul. Uh, she's a Vulcan. She decides to come onto the onto the trip. Um, she's an observer. She's an ob- sort of. observer. Um, mm. Though everybody's a little bit suspicious of her because everybody's a little bit suspicious of the Vulcans at this point. And a few other people. Malcolm Reed is the tactical officer. Travis Mayweather is the helmsman, and like you said, Doctor Flox is the as the medical officer. So we have our crew. Um, while en route to the Klingon homeworld of Kronos. Um, the Enterprise is boarded by the aliens the same aliens that got blown up the buddies (laughs) the buddies of the guys who got blown up in the first scene and they steal the Klingon, his name's Klang and uh, they run away with him Um, but maybe not unfortunately one of these aliens gets killed aboard the Enterprise and Dr. Flock does his biopsy on him or autopsy and finds out he's a Solobon. but not just a Solobon, he's a Genetically enhanced Suluban, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so they follow... Go ahead, there's, sorry. There's layers. <laughs> there's layers here. So they follow the Suluban to a planet. Um, the planet's called Rigel 10. Um, they, there they meet a rogue Solobon, her name's Saren. And Saren informs Archer that um, Klang holds a message embedded in his DNA. And the message is was meant to be delivered to the Klingon High Council, but the reason why he's been chased by these by the Sullivan is um, they don't want him to get that message. And we later find out that the message, um, the, the reason why they don't want him to get that message is because it would reveal somewhat uh, what we come to know as the Temporal Cold War. Yes. And also, you know, it would reveal that the Sullivan are... are trying to incite a civil war in the Klingon empire.
0: Mm. -hmm.
1: So, um, so that's, that's what happens on Rigel 10.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then I I believe following Rigel 10, they, uh, Oh no, it doesn't, they get attacked.
1: They get attacked. Saren dies. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they make it off of Rigel 10, um, under fire, and Archer gets injured. The Paul saves him, and that's where they kind of develop this mutual understanding for each other. Um, and they chase after the Suleban onto a a gase- gaseous planet, and they find that there's a, a, a Suluban, uh that's right. space that's station right. where they're holding Klang. They infiltrate the space station. They rescue Klang and Archer has a confrontation with, with the lead Syllabon. What's his name, by the way? I forget.
0: I You know, I do forget that that man's name. However, he does have the confrontation with him, and then he meets the, uh, the Shadow Man. That's right. And the Shadow Man, who we don't know who he is, but he's definitely from the future. Mm-hmm. And so they really lean into this temporal Cold War story arc that will play itself out. As the seasons go by.
1: Yeah. And to finish out the summary, you know, they rescue Klang. They deliver him back to the Klingon High Council. They find this message embedded in his DNA. The civil war is seemingly stopped, and thus uh, the Enterprise is given permission to continue their voyages past this delivery Mm -hmm. voyage of Klang. Um, And so there's a lot of different things that are established in this beginning in this episode, you know, there's, there's the the tension between the the humans and the Vulcans. There's Mm -hmm. the temporal code war. And then there's also, um, you know, this is the first voyage of the, of the enterprise. This is the first like flagship of the, of the federate of the, of the humans to
0: go out in space. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, this episode really does hit, a a lot, a lot of marks. And, uh, it's, Berman's uh, original idea for this uh, episode in this series was to have the entire first season set on Earth as humanity's first ever warp starship starship was constructed. Mm. And uh, it was soon decided that that would be too far removed from the style of the franchise as a whole, and so that premise was redrafted. However... Brandon and uh, Brandon Bragg and Rick Berman said their goal, um, as lofty and as pretentious as it sounds—that's a quote—was to do the best pilot ever for Star Trek. And do you think they achieved that? So I did just watch the pilot for Voyager Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, actually, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think they did. Man, they hit damn near everything. There were unknowns. Mm -hmm. There were new. There was new stuff that we'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. It's the first voyage. There's Vulcans, there's Klingons. Mhm. Um, it it all fucking happens. Like there, there's they hit the uh, nostalgia. They hit the new. There's a little bit of updated uh, graphics. Mhm. And then, you know, it's just it's just a lot a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, this episode is in fact listed as one of the top 10 essential episodes. Really? Um, from Star Trek 101. I would
1: I would agree with that I I think it's a I mean if if I can be cheeky here for a moment I feel like it's it's an explosive first episode like there's there's just so much that happens in the episode and that's probably why uh the synopsis took a little while but (laughs) (laughs) nonetheless um you know there's for me the the big things that that I liked in this episode is that they they establish a lot of continuity in the universe yes the you know this is kind of building on what happened in in the movie star trek first contact where they're building off the story of zephram cochran and the in the first warp drive Mm -hmm. also the first contact with vulcans um we see you know a couple hundred years after the events of, of first contact that the humans are getting sick of the vulcans at this point they're like you know you guys have been watching over us long enough let's go out in space like let's
0: yeah, let's, quit let's... treating us like kids. Yeah, exactly. And then they really set up the, these real-life concepts of xenophobia and racism mm-hmm. and um, a, a desire, and you can, without stating it, you can see where the, you know, these are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise to go where no man has gone before. You know, you can see the foundation for what the rest of the shows are built upon. Mm-hmm. And so, I, as you said, I think the continuity is pretty good, and they do a really good job of tying all of these themes together. Mm-hmm. Um, even so far as the three prominent uh, admirals in Starfleet at this current moment mm-hmm. are Admiral Forrest, Admiral Leonard, and Commander Williams, in <laughs> homage to DeForest Kelly, Leonard Nimoy, and you know Bill Schatz. Yeah. Um, and then one of the Vulcans from the High Command is called... Toss, so which is from a reference to. to Is that really original? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Man, they they just did. They had such good attention
0: to detail in this first episode. Exactly, it's just nuggets, you know, little things to eat up. (laughs) If 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 you like Star Trek, it's a good start, Mm -hmm. and and it's fun, and it's it's totally totally. Enjoyable, And uh, it had higher ratings than the finale to Voyager,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which means people were still hungry for some Star Trek. Right. Which, if you stay with us on this voyage of the USS Companion, <laughs> you'll find out that Enterprise doesn't last as long as the others. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, it is a great representation of what Star Trek is.
1: And it's also a good representation of of the time that it was created because you know this at the time when this episode aired it was 2001, it was um,
0: literal days after 9 11.
1: Yeah, and it was when it aired. And you know, like you kind of mentioned beforehand, like there's there's the whole you know xenophobia angle, which is you know the the tension between the humans and the Vulcans, mm-hmm. you know, and also the tension, well. Maybe not the tension, but, um, you know, the the humans inability to understand other cultures, you know, like the Vulcans are content to let Clang die because it's honorable for the for Klingons to die in battle. Yep. Um, But, you know, it doesn't sit well with Archer it doesn't sit well with dad. Dad can't yeah. dad. Dad's not having it. Yeah.
0: I mean, you can't that... just let a man die. No, <laughs> he can't. you can't. Know. Um,
1: uh, what
0: else you know he's clearly got an alien family to go home to yeah (laughs) um uh, an alien family and a
1: and a and a white picket fence on Klingon or on on (laughs) on Kronos um (laughs) I mean um you know to expand on that further also you know when they when they land on Tr- on rigel 10 and and trip sees that the Lir- the larillian child being weaned off of that that yes. gas that he's nice. breathing yep. in you know he doesn't understand that he thinks that the the mother is like uh choking Torturing or choking yeah. yeah but really you know the mother's just weaning him off of i think it was methyl oxide the the air that they breathe and so you know it the the xenophobia and kind of the human's lack of understanding of of other species Mm -hmm. um it works really well in this episode and it also fits into the continuity of things as well because this is their first voyage like they don't they don't know what's going to happen in space they don't they don't understand that there's going to be different traditions and cultures
0: yeah and you know there's it's I don't know if captivating is the right word, but it's definitely interesting to see the foundations of what is to come for all of Star Trek. And, you know, like, what? What? why did Kirk act the way that he did? Why did Picard—what Why? What is the prime directive? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's no prime directive yet. There are right. no protocols set. And so seeing this early take on it all and the creation of the world, of a world that's already been created, is— it's if you like Star Trek, it's it's awesome. Yeah, you'll like this episode. Um, you know, I, I I I think my biggest gripe is those flashbacks to Archer as a kid are so ham-handed. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> you know, they're like, hey, throw a sepia filter on the bitch and let's just move on. It's going to be great. But Dad, Ambassador Pointy, we don't call him that, son. Like. It is kind of Ham handed now that I think about it (laughs) Ambassador Pointy You know it's a Vulcan son They could probably kill us all
1: Mr. Logic over here
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know And I don't think the whole Decon jail scene was Wholly necessary (laughs) I don't either You know that's a very like It's 2001 we need to sex this up Yeah and you know the
1: uh, Jolene uh, Bland uh, Laylock, Laylock, yeah, her uh, to Paul, you know, her nips are just they're hard, they're harder than any nips I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yeah, and you know, <laughs> and it is just necessary. entirely unnecessary. <laughs> it's literally like we gotta get the teenage boys, we gotta get the young fans, yeah. you know, and yet here we are, like TOS. TNG, DS9, and Voyager were this far fucking in, and mm-hmm. they're like, "We need to get the new ones." Yeah, <laughs> you know, let's get the young kids. Um,
1: it was unnecessary, but did I did I did I enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I did enjoy that scene.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Um, I think one of uh, one of the last fun facts here is that Scott Bakula. Uh, he waited until after he and Paramount, who Paramount owned the uh, property at the time, uh, had read the episode's script before accepting the role of Archer. Because uh, he was told that when one of the main uh, executives read the script, he immediately thought of Archer. And uh, when Bacula read the script, it gave him a similar impression. Quote, they had me pretty much on the page when I got the pilot. Uh, and his approval, Bakula, of the script actually helped. Oh, no. Uh, the I'm sorry. The executive's approval of the script actually helped convince Bakula into committing to portray Archer over the course of the forthcoming series. And uh, Bakula goes on to say that, quote, actually, the monumental event of the first season for me was the pilot. He really liked how, uh, you know, physical it was. <laughs> Which I got to tell you, sounds like dad. Dad loves getting physical. He loves he down getting dirty in That's the right. mud, you know, fighting for what he believes in. <laughs> Playing fast and loose the
1: way only dad could.
0: Captain fast and loose. <laughs>
1: yeah. He um yeah, you told me that a couple of days ago and I, 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 I think, you know, it's, it's it's totally obvious that they wrote that for for him in mind he totally he totally fits that just perfectly and he's you know he's he's kind of like a almost like a kirk but he's not kirk you know and the and and, um he comes off as older as kirk yeah exactly he does yeah that's a good point Mm -hmm. um and more level-headed than kirk but also still, you know, like it, like yeah. you said, fast and loose, fighting for what he <laughs>
0: believes in. Dad's about it. Yeah. Uh, it, this also is... Um, during the filming of this episode, Brent Spiner and Frakes visited Bakula on the set to give him advice on what it would be like uh, working on the series and, like, what to expect.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is, you know... As we'll see as the season progresses, you know, Star Trek, the bridge crew becomes a sort of family um, in the show and off the show. And, you know, that's kind of the beauty of having actors in a television show. Because when you do a play or you do a movie, you know, it's written and things just happen and mm-hmm. you, you, you do the role. But in a television show, each episode and each time you act in every iteration, you grow the character more that character becomes more palpable tangible if Mm -hmm. you will so the more they become a family the more the show gets more what am i trying to say traction yeah it gets more traction it it feels more like a family
1: and i think that's probably what star trek has done really well is you know it's not just a movie franchise it's a it's Mm -hmm. a show franchise and you, you watch to see how people grow and interact together over yeah. the seasons and how they confront issues. And, you know, kind of the the downside of, of, you know, maybe like a franchise like Star Wars only doing movies is every movie is a little microcosm, you know? It's yeah. like, this is what happened yeah. here. And then fast forward two years, this is what happened here. It's like with a, with a show, you can see the progression of someone over like... You know the course of a year or months or, or however long they say mm-hmm. that the series lasted, um, and so um, I like I like the crew a lot. They chose a good crew and they chose a good cast for everyone to betray them. Everybody plays their part pretty well.
0: Absolutely,
1: especially to Paul. To Paul's very convincing Vulcan. Out of out geez. of out of the most of the Vulcans that they have in the different series, like she's to me would probably be number two next to spock like she is just like thoroughly convincing
0: yep i I couldn't agree more uh to paul is damn near the perfect vulcan i'd say she is the perfect vulcan if you know spock Spock wasn't first (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and so you know at the end of the day just what an what an awesome show and I'm so excited to go through all of these by star date with you, with the people listening. Um it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun voyage. That's right.
1: And we encourage you to check out the website and check out the timeline and watch along with us. Yep. And, and that's uh thestarcompanion.com. And if you have any you know thing that you think we missed or you want us to expand on send us an email and um we won't probably won't read it or respond to it but um (laughs) you know it's the thought that counts i'm just kidding we'll we'll respond and we'll
0: we will definitely respond yeah and and bring it up and uh the email is the star companion at gmail.com Right And you can catch us at all major podcasting platforms And we got the video component on YouTube So if you're listening, we're on YouTube If you're on YouTube, you can listen to us in the car on podcasts Um, Send us an email We're on Patreon We're going to be doing special philosophy uh, Theory Allegory theory episodes Um, We've got some other stuff in the works as well Uh, Like for those of you that are in LA We're going to Try and get together a Star Trek Trivia Night. Um, and, uh, you know, thank Good. you all. Go ahead.
1: we got a lot of big things coming.
0: Got a lot of big things coming, you know. So thank you all for listening. This has been The Star Companion. And uh,
1: take care of yourself.